I'm Christina Chalk, a finalist for Miss Universe Great Britain 2021, and this is my interview for The Pageant Project. Good evening, everyone. Hope you're all doing well. My special guest for tonight's proceedings. Tonight for Christina. <laughs> this morning for me, it's 6 a.m. here, Christina, to give you an idea. 6 a.m. I'm so sorry to get you up this I had time. To, I had to get up at 5 a.m. for this. I'm, I'm used to it. I, I woke up like this, which everyone can believe. Believe me, I'm barely awake right now. But my special guest... Not oh. bullet, just oh, black bullet. though. Yeah. yeah, I did try yeah, bullet but... coffee for a bit, and I just the idea of drinking a lot of butter and geese first thing in the morning was uh, actually it wasn't too bad because I've done a lot of weird things. I've been a raw foodist. I've been a vegan. <laughs> I was just like, you know what? Don't ruin my coffee. Hey, before we get chatting too much, I haven't introduced you yet. So my special guest for tonight's <laughs> proceedings is the lovely Christina Chalk, who is over somewhere. I don't know where, but Christina, welcome to the show, first of all. Thank you so much for having me. It's so exciting to finally be here with you. I know you've had a few Scottish um, pageant girls on the line. Special, special shout out to Olivia. You and her interviews crack me up. They make me laugh so much, especially because she's not that too, she's not that far away from me. So when um, she's uh, chatting away with you and making all the the Scottish jokes, it just makes my heart so full. <laughs> she came onto our podcast one time and she wanted to teach us all Scottish phrases. And she went to the trouble of writing them down first. But because she thought that she was going to be back to front, she wrote them all out back to front. <laughs> not realizing that this software flips you back the right way around. So she's then holding oh. them up, you know, hold your wished, for example, and she's holding it up and it's like, Olivia, it's back to front. And she's going, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's like, Olivia, it's back to front. I call her, she's our resident blonde, even though she's not blonde. I call yeah. her, her our resident blonde. Um, but she, yeah, she, she's a very, very good friend. Christina, let me just go to the comments for a sec. Oh, hello. Chloe has said hi. She is my podcast co-host and over hey, in Ireland. How are you doing? And Ralph, Ralph who watches all the time. Thank you, Ralph. Good afternoon, Adrian and Christina. So for Ralph, That's it's so afternoon. To, to connect with you. Welcome. For me, it's the 6 in the morning. And Christina, it's 9.30 p.m. All right, why don't we start, Christina, with where you're at? Are you in, is it, I don't want to pronounce the name, I can't remember what it was, but are you still in Switzerland at the moment? So I am in Switzerland at the moment. I'm working on a real estate auction. So I'm in, well, this morning I was in Geneva. I'm currently in Verbier. And for the finals, we are going to be flying into London and straight over to Cardiff. <laughs> so it's nonstop, it seems, but keeps it keeps life exciting for sure. You've got a familiar face here chipping in. Danielle Latimer. Ah, hey, guys. Danny, happy birthday. Happy belated birthday. Thanks so much for joining. 
Danielle, how is that uh, massage going? Yeah, it's hard work, life at a spa weekend, being treated by your partner. I mean, it's tough work, but someone's got to do it. Someone does. Anyway, I've spent a fair deal of time in Cardiff, actually, believe it or not, because my partner at the time was studying in Cardiff at the Royal Welsh um, College of Music and Drama. So I just want to ask, leaving – see, in my mind, Switzerland and Geneva, I know Geneva – it just sounds so fancy, like ski chalets, you know, high-class auction house. I, I saw your YouTube video, like a $6 million amazing piece of property. And then just to fly into London and then go into Cardiff, does it just feel a little, I don't know, because Cardiff and Geneva to me don't quite fit into some people kind of going, what are you saying? But does that make sense, what I'm saying? I do not know what you're talking about, Adrian. There is so much history in Cardiff. I think the architecture is beautiful. And the fact that I know Wales is not my home, but it's the pageant home for us at Miss Universe. So every time I return, it's always such lovely feelings. And I know that as a couple in a couple of hours, I'm going to be reunited with some familiar faces as well. So for me, it's just a joy to get back to the UK get to see my friends and family and then be able to get back onto the stage again. When's it? Sorry, I'm not laughing at you, Daniel. He has <laughs> just said, Jordan just said, what's wrong with Cardiff? I, I, I love Cardiff. I'm going to keep bearing my, my digging my own grave here. I loved Cardiff. I love spending time there. Um, the weather was horrid, but it's the UK. That's so anywhere in the UK. That is not yeah. specifically Cardiff. Yes. At least you've got yes, access to the sea. Um, the, the other part, I'm not going to say actually, the, the part that I found a little bit difficult because I'm just going to, there's no point, there's no upside to it. Um, but Christina, when are you actually going to be flying in? So I originally was meant to be flying in Wednesday evening until Danielle said, did you know that it takes about three and a half hours to get from London to Cardiff? I said, that is are you sure about that? That is a very valid point. So I was going to get to Cardiff at 1am on Thursday to get started the competition the next day. And you, of course, have to be fresh in the zone, all prepared to go. So I have now moved my flight to midday, hoping to give myself a few hours and at least arrive around dinner time in Cardiff at a normal time. So Wednesday is the protected day. Who knows? Might arrive early just to surprise everyone. <laughs> Are you going to um, be spending much time in the UK outside from the pageant or do you got to have to jet straight back for work? So I have about a week where I have no idea what the plan is. So, I mean, you've got to be ready for the possible moment of being crowned. So I have mm. kind of left that week open to see if there is any activity should I have the privilege and the honour. Um, if not, I'll definitely go up with um, my family up to Scotland and see um, all my friends and family. And then who knows, might try and get some sun, maybe just head, I don't know, south. Southern Europe somewhere, just for a few days, just to get, I'm so okay. pale. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure. Trying to tan up. I, I won't say anything, but I was going to say the suggestion that you're going to be looking for sun in the UK is hilarious. <laughs> Out of is. any place <laughs> to be looking for the sun in, in the UK, you're not going to find it. 
It's going to be like a pot of no. gold trying to find that. We're all lacking in vitamin D for sure. <laughs> well, I can tell you here in Australia, our clocks have just gone ahead to daylight savings and the other day was 30 degrees. So I am not lacking for vitamin Stop D. Stop teasing me. Stop teasing I me. I tan very easily and it was hilarious because I had a good friend of mine over here from the UK last year before the pandemic hit. And she was so proud of the tan. She was getting so proud. And then we went on a live together and I looked the way I looked and she looked like a ghost. And she spent most of the live complaining and insisting that I promise I'm darker than this. It's just the lighting. And it's like, haha, right. I just didn't put the right setting on my ring light. It's definitely not correct. I am so bronze, goddess-like. No, I am pale. And um, much to many people's opinion that I need to tan for the competition, which I should also, because of those bright lights on stage. Mm. Um, but otherwise I will look a bit sick too. <laughs> a little bit sick and anemic is probably not the look we're going for, for the Miss yeah. Universe stage. Just uh, <laughs> Maybe let's, not. Let's, let's dig in a little bit, because I always start with the easy question of pageant history. Now, I know this is definitely not your first pageant. Do you want to just get us, let's start with how did you get into the crazy world of pageantry? to begin with, um, and we haven't mentioned that obviously your accent is a giveaway as to where you're from, but you also have Filipina, Filipino heritage, you're half Filipino, half Scottish. Yeah. One of those countries is a pageant stronghold and the other one is maybe not so much known for that. But um, how did you get started in the crazy world of pageantry? It's a great question, Adrian, and sometimes I wonder why and, and how as well, <laughs> I'm only joking. Um, so my, obviously in the Philippines, it is a huge pageant nation. It's like basketball, it's pageants. And I think there is one other, I can't remember what it is. I should know. Is it, it's the three Ps. I'll come out with the third P, but basketball's a B, so never mind. I, I was just, okay. <laughs> let's segue on. You. I'll edit that part out, yeah. Yeah, we'll get rid of that. But essentially, my cousin used to enter beauty pageants in the Philippines. And so she did um, Pilipinas Bini Bini. Um, so, you know, all the the crowns. Well, back in the day when it was separated out to like Miss Universe, Miss Intercontinental, Miss Tourism. But now they're completely separate competitions. But when I was growing mm. up, I would watch my cousin Cookie de la Cruz. I mean, what a name. <laughs> what a name um strut her stuff on the catwalk and we would we would visit her on the farm and she would have all of these crowns lined up and and she would win all of her province uh, pageants as well and I was like wow I just want to be like you <laughs> and so I kind of grew up with this mentality I was like wow that's just amazing um and when I graduated from uni in Glasgow I was like well I have a bit of time and my Family are always saying, come on, Christina, get involved, get in the pageant world. You know, it's in the blood. Do it for your country yeah. <laughs> or countries, plural. Um, and so I entered Miss Scotland um, after I graduated. And uh, that's actually how I met Olivia. And I placed yeah. first runner up. And yeah, it was incredible. Um, it was Mary Ferguson that won that year. Um, so beautiful Scottish girl who just lives down the road from me in Stirling. So I'm from Dunblane originally. 
mm -hmm. originally. I'm only from Dunblane, essentially. <laughs> Andy Murray Town. Um, we've got a good old golden post box <laughs> in the middle of uh, Dunblane. So it's it's almost like a monument to him. But yeah, entered Miss Scotland <laughs> and then went off to the Philippines to rediscover my roots. Because once you graduate, you think, well, I've done the time. It's you got to enjoy yourself. Done the time, yeah. <laughs> done the time, tick the box, even though it wasn't an easy box to tick. And I'm pretty sure millions of people can agree with me on that one. Um, but when I was in the Philippines, I met the trainer of Catriona Gray. Um, oh, so wow. I ended up doing some training with Kat and Kuya Kaloy, as well as Valerie Wayman, who was a Miss World Philippines. Um, so I kind of started shimming around in um, that group. And I just thought, what is this? This is totally wild. I don't know how I ended up here. <laughs> and so from then, I trained and went straight to Miss Universe Great Britain. And that year, um, again, I placed first runner up <laughs> with all that enthusiasm and fresh eyes to the world. Um, <laughs> and that year was Jamie Lee Faulkner. And so she did yeah. an amazing job in Philippines. And since then, I've entered one other time for Miss Universe Great Britain. Unfortunately, last time I didn't place, um, but it is all a journey. And we had the beautiful Emma Jenkins that, again, <laughs> just brightens up everybody's day when you listen to her stories and her accent and her just general persona is just amazing. So now we're back for our last chance and the most long-winded way of telling you how I got into pageantry. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, 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 I love it. That That's what I wanted. That's precisely why I asked the question. Before I forget, on the subject of Emma Jenkins, next time you're having a, a, a chat to Danielle, get Danielle to do her Emma Jenkins impression for you because I swear to God, when she does it, she sounds more like Emma Jenkins than Emma Jenkins does. It's and we've had wow. Emma Jenkins on the podcast, and I made Danielle because I'm like this. I made Danielle do her Emma Jenkins impression to Emma, and Emma actually said it wasn't half bad. So get Danielle <laughs> to do that for you. Um, on, on the subject of Dunblane, Andy Murray, because I'm a huge tennis fan, so I knew that that Andy Murray was from that town, but yeah. he's not exactly famous for having a very uh, friendly demeanor. So. It's like a permanent scowl. Is, is that typical of people from Dunblane or is that just an Andy Murray mm. thing? I think, you know, I, I think it can be quite a Scottish thing. Um, we're very sarcastic. And so we kind of hide behind our jokes and the jokes tend to be quite dry. <laughs> so I feel at times he can be misunderstood, but also he is, you know, very strong and supporting the female cause. Um, yes. So it's his mother, obviously, and father brought him up very well and has, you know, highlighted all the great tennis players that are female and have won mm. gold medals at the Olympics. I think it was three gold medals at the Olympics that he had won. And someone had said, how does it feel to be the first person? And he said, I'm yep. pretty sure Serena and Venus yep. have done this even more times than me so I just thought that was epic and to have somebody like that backing the female cause 
is just incredible and it shows that we are not alone in that <laughs> it's not just us <laughs> yeah he's i think he's publicly identified himself as a feminist and in that that one incident he became quite famous for and quite rightly so because he actually stopped the journalist and corrected the journalist which i think we need we need more of it's sort of i wouldn't say that the journalist was trying to be sexist in any way but just no. to to bring people up on you know little little corrections like that i think can go a long way um i mean you mentioned that you did some training obviously with some very very big names can i just ask do you ever look at the difference, let's say, between Filipino pageantry, which is the Mecca, um, and then sometimes, I, I, and I'm not going to take aim at UK pageantry because Australia pageantry is the same, but there's just that size difference where Filipino pageantry, everyone I, I would feel in the Philippines knows about pageantry. As you mm -hmm. said, it's one of the big things, whereas in the UK, sometimes it's unknown. And people go, what? Yeah. Like, what's a pageant? Or, you know, you still do that. Have you ever looked at that and gone, wow, like, compare and contrast? I think obviously there is a massive difference between the support the pageants have in the Philippines between the UK. There is no denying mm. that. But I just think in the past, UK pageantry has definitely got a bad rep and we've not entirely been made to feel that we have the stage to show everything that we've got. We're almost individuals in our individual town communicating yeah. online and supporting each other but you know we we're only influencing our micro communities and i think if we had we we're getting better and better each year and i think that is having a rippling effect on our reputation in british pageantry which is amazing whereas in the philippines they've had the support from the beginning and don't yeah. forget that when you are a Filipino pageant winner, it is life-changing. You know, yeah. you become a, a superstar. Not that you're not already a superstar, but it makes a difference to their lives financially and to their whole family, like financially, personally, everything changes. And I think once we start recognizing the power we have as British contestants and what we have bringing mm. to the table and being able to find those sponsors, able to have the support and elevation on the universe stage, then it will start to have that trickling effect showing that we are not just, you know, people who are waiting in the sidelines happy to be here. We're actually yeah. here to win. Yeah, you're not you're not just there to make up the numbers. I, I completely agree sure. with that. I mean, I'm very competitive. So I say if you're going to do something, you might as well try to win. Doesn't mean winning is the only thing, but you know, there's no harm in saying I'm going here to win. Um, I'm by no means a pageant historian. I, I came to this industry only four or five years ago. So in terms of do you know why in the Philippines pageantry took off so big? Like why is what what why the Filipino fascination with pageantry versus the UK, let's say, where um I mean obviously you have a queen in the UK. So one would assume that naturally pageantry and getting to put on a crown would be a, a natural fit, but Philippine pageantry in the Philippines, as we already said, is a lot bigger. So why did why are the Filipinos so the community so interested, so involved, engaged with pageantry? It's a very good question. It's it's not something that I know the answer to. I just know the transformation of a woman from the beginning of her pageant journey mm. to the end because I've seen it 
through a lot of girls that I've met in the past and it is incredible they are absolutely glowing they've changed not only their lives but people around them and I think you know in in the Philippines there is that obsession with the the famous as well as the the media and there are just so many more people tuned in there's millions of people millions of brothers and sisters over there um to be able to support that community and the fact that they are doing so well backs them every year to 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 reinforce this type of support and life for a pageant winner um and good on them because a lot of these winners are coming from backgrounds that we could never imagine, like yeah. ever. Like they're like, for instance, my family are from a rice farm in the middle of um, Pangasinan in the mainland Luzon in Philippines, and it's they're, you know, my mum didn't have like money to wear slippers to school. She would have mm. one bowl of rice to eat <laughs> for the whole day and wow. someone goes from that experience to then being able to provide for their own family as well as send their brothers and sisters to school it's mm. it's life-changing yeah it so it's the rags sort of the quintessential rags to riches story and obviously along the journey you learn how to present yourself and get to where a lot of glamorous things so i can imagine it, it's almost like a princess fairy tale if if there was one aspect of let's say the filipino pageant industry that you would like to bring over to the uk in order to help foster pageant growth in the uk again have you given any thought to what aspect you would like i mean you already talked about how the community everyone gets behind the filipino mm-hmm. queens is there any aspect of filipino pageantry you look at and go oh I wish we had that here in the UK well what has been amazing this year and I think Paula has realized is that even before Miss Universe Great Britain there is a level of support and so Mm. quite often when you go into Miss Universe Great Britain you're like oh we're we're entering I've made a plan I'm actioning my plan and I'm going on stage great here we go let's let's do this but this year they've been providing some incredible workshops with Danielle, who's on the on the call. Well, she's not on the call, she's watching the call. <laughs> um, as, as well as Grace uh, Levy, who's also done, I've done some work with her as well. I mean, she has been absolutely incredible this year. Um, I hadn't worked closely with her before. I've just had the honor to do the catwalk sessions whilst we're at Miss Universe Great Britain. But this year I went all in all in with the experts and um, have done some sessions with Grace and I pretty much harass her every single week and she's been fantastic. And the <laughs> fact that we've had Danielle come in, we've had Grace, we've had Paula talking about PR, it is shaping us into some into our own package, our own brand, but it's not putting us in a box. It's actually like highlighting all the unique parts to us and all the great things that we can offer so that we can actually offer them with confidence and belief rather than thinking, yeah. oh, I'm on the stage and I'm not sure I'm actually good enough to be here. So that support before even getting to national level is, I think, what elevates a woman on the Miss Universe stage. Oh. 
Sorry, Christina, you were just cutting out at the end of your answer there, but we we got it. Can you hear me okay? I've got you. I'm hoping I I did test the internet, Adrian. I was not lying. It's it's probably (laughs) uh, yes, you were. No, it's probably my end. Um, Australian internet is not the best. Uh, It's nice to hear that there's been that network for you. Obviously, Universe GB run by Paula, so you know, very respected director and certainly knows what she's doing also the director of Miss Wales. Um, I just want to take you back. You've had a journey that I often tell my coaching clients, I hope you don't have to go through because it will be very, let's say, character forming. But (laughs) the first year, okay, so the first year I want to take you back to Miss Universe GB. Let's say you're a little bit wide-eyed, a little bit naive, very excited, and you place first runner-up. Then you come back uh, 2019, I believe, and then you don't place. And now you're competing again. Oh, you're again. cutting. You're getting to the raw stuff, Adrian. You are not leaving it unturned. You are getting ooh, right in there. <laughs> and now Christina's going to accidentally hang up and never talk to me again. But it's <laughs> really, really important because I keep telling, I keep saying, look, it's no shame in wanting to win, but at the same time, you need to have a goal when you go into pageants, especially. I don't think even the big ones, but any pageant, you have to have a goal outside of winning. So, and so you would have had to live that because you came first runner up so close and coming first runner up in the first place is difficult because you were so close and then you come back, you don't place and then you, no one would blame you for going, well, that's it. Like, obviously I'm going downhill, not, up, you know, not progressing. So I'm done, but you've come back and obviously you worked on yourself. You're coming, coming back for the third time. Just explain what that journey was like emotionally and what you've learned from it. Well, let me tell you, Adrian, it was not easy. (laughs) It was not easy. I think when a woman goes into a pageant at first, you don't know what is going to happen. You're there. You're excited. As you said, you're a bit of a do-eyed deer. You're super excited to meet all the girls. I love dancing, so I love being on stage and performing. I was like, yeah, let's get this first routine down. Got it down. Can't wait for the final night. Introducing myself, having a great time. I have to say, though, right before we went on, it was Samantha Amelia, and we were going on together. She had a beautiful blue dress on, uh, dark navy blue, and I had a black and gold dress. And so we were at the we were at the end of the color train. That Paula usually does a rainbow train, so we were right Mm -hmm. at the end. And I got so emotional. I think. Just the fact of being there, meeting so many incredible girls and having the honor to stand on the stage and represent who I am and who, what my family also represents was, it just hit me. <laughs> like I never thought about it until like five minutes before we were about to go on. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, this is a lot. <laughs> I can't believe I'm here. What am I doing here? Who am I? And so I went on there just full of like gratitude and excitement and nerves. And when they called my name for the top five, I was shocked. I had no idea mm-hmm. what was going on. Like my head started like buzzing. Like there was like this like weird buzzing sound in my ears. It was, I was like, am I going to faint? I don't know. <laughs> what it sounds like. like. So I was basically just like floating towards the front of the stage where they say, 
you're in the top five. You're going to walk again. And I was like, okay, we're, we're going to walk again. Look happy. <laughs> I am happy, but I don't know what's going on. So I was just in this cloud. I, I wasn't sure what was happening. I was just excited to be there. I just couldn't believe that I was actually in the top five, never mind placing first runner up. And I think the difference between me and Jamie Lee is that she knew why she was there. She knew she wanted it. Mm -hmm. She had a purpose. And I was there. I was excited. I had trained, but I was just taken back by the whole experience. Like, I, I wasn't sure what the goal was. <laughs> I was just to yeah. be there. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and I think that's what it takes to be a winner. You know what you're doing. You know what you're going out there yeah. to get. And so the second year, well, actually, I didn't compete for, I think it was about three years. Um, mm. And then I get a message out of the blue from Anna Birdsey. <laughs> and me and Anna had never met before. And she messaged me. She was just like, oh, my God, I just watched this documentary because the first time um, I appeared in Miss Universe Great Britain, they had done a documentary um, on this the trip to India and the acid attacks and following a few yes. of the girls through the process. And she was like, I've just yeah. seen you in this documentary. I can't believe you placed first runner up. Like, where are you? When are you competing? What's going on? And I was just, and I was in my apartment in London, not having a great time. I just graduated, like I had got my graduate role that I hated. <laughs> and I got this message from this queen who had just won her crown and asking about me. I was like, mm. why is she asking about who, like, I'm nothing special. Like <laughs> I'm like I'm in this graduate job that I hopefully I'm not watching and we're not friends on Facebook. Um <laughs> but, too late uh, now. it is too late. It is out there, but I wasn't having a good time. And it was I was just so shocked that somebody who had just seen me on a screen, never met me, was like, come back and compete. Mm. And I was like, wow, okay. Because I'd thought about it and I'd been following the girls, but I was just like, oh, I don't think, you know, I, I, I don't know if I'll ever compete again. Uh. <laughs> and then the following year, things started to come together. And actually, I just got, I was working in Singapore and um, I was just like, why not compete? And my boyfriend mm. was actually living in Switzerland. So we were in a long distance relationship. And he was like, yeah, compete, come back, come back to, <laughs> come back to Europe. This is a great idea. <laughs> so by the time I competed, like I threw my heart and soul, like I knew what I wanted and I was convinced I knew how I was going to get there, but I was comparing myself to everybody. I was just like, so this is what the past winner was like. This is what the last uh, top five were like. This is what the girls mm -hmm. who are doing now, or are they prettier than me? Are they more intelligent than me? Do they go to, did they go to elocution lessons? Do, does everybody, I don't know, have a weird impression of me because I prefer to do this or whatever. And I was looking all around and forward. Yeah, like I, I can admit, like yeah. I was, I, I had the goal. I wanted to be Miss Universe Great Britain, but I was yeah. going, I was going forward and then I was going sideways and I was going sideways and then I was going a little bit back and then forward. And on the night, I think it just shows like you have to be comfortable in who you are and what you're standing for and why you're there. Otherwise you are going to fade into the background. 
you've got to let your aura and your shine come from inside because you can slap as much makeup on as you want <laughs> but but if you're tired and you're exhausted and you're insecure you can sense that a mile off yeah the 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 tired i mean we can understand by the time you get to the stage anyone who knows anything about pageantry knows that by the time you get to the stage it's been a journey of a million steps most of them in high heels um, <laughs> but the the insides the inside struggle is something i think that no amount of makeup is ever going to be able to hide uh, you just have to open your mouth and a lot of people can say oh there's something a little bit off but just mm -hmm. just bring us up to date i mean obviously you've picked yourself back up and you're competing again was that difficult for you to sort of go well i'm going to try this one more time right so this will be I understand your, your last time because of the age restrictions. Um, was that a difficult journey to accept? Well, last time I didn't place, but I'm going to do it again to give it one more shot. What was that journey like over the last couple of years? I think because after I after the final of the last final, I was devastated. Like I was yeah. devastated. I just thought I'm obviously not the person they're looking for. <laughs> like yeah. I've obviously not got it whatever it is and no mm -hmm. one can no one can say what it is because they don't know it's presented exactly. it's felt it happens on the night yep. um so i was just like i'm never going to be good enough for this like i am never going to be good enough for miss universe great britain so i'm going to take myself somewhere else <laughs> like i'm gonna not anywhere in particular <laughs> like i was just like i'm gonna go work on myself and you know what if they don't if if that's not what they're looking for then I, that i can't give them anything else <laughs> yeah. but yeah. what i realized actually is that there was parts of my life that i wasn't happy with and there was of course the comparison syndrome always sneaking in i was between jobs i wasn't near my family and there was a lot of pieces that can at first seem like you're whole, but when you really get into the nitty gritty, mm -hmm. you're, you're not that yeah. happy. And so I went on another life transition <laughs> and I moved back to Europe <laughs> and now I'm closer to my family. I'm closer to my boyfriend. I've started a job that I absolutely love. I'm in my fourth year of doing self-esteem queens and running workshops because ultimately I think you can chase the riches, you can chase the friendships and the cool parties and being seen at all these places. But at the end of the day, like it's your relationships and what you give out that makes you alive inside, like makes you feel like you have given your best. And so it's been a huge realization getting from the beginning to where we are now. Um, and it has been an internal struggle. And I, it's what's funny is that I was speaking to Grace last year um, during just as we were in the pandemic. She was like, oh, I'm doing this offer um, for the pageant girls if anyone's interested. And I thought, well, I've never done training with Grace. I would love that. She obviously trains a lot of the winners. Why wouldn't you be in there? Why would you yeah. not get the nuggets of knowledge that could make you an absolute queen? And so we started um, doing our training, and I was a sh like I was a shell of what I am now. I could I could barely string 
a sentence together of why I wanted to compete or what was the reasonings behind the previous years or how I felt because I was I wasn't over it (laughs) and so I hadn't built myself up yet and it was really actually through the pandemic that I kind of discovered hobbies that I really enjoy as well and like I absolutely I just taught myself how to play the guitar during the pandemic and I love to sing so it's kind of enabled myself to express myself in a way that makes me feel good and hopefully doesn't upset the neighbors <laughs> hopefully they sing along whilst it's uh, almost 11 o'clock at night but I'll try and keep it down and um, but there's just so many things I've learned about myself in the past year and the fact that we're here today it's my last shot why wouldn't I do it and the fact is I'll be going there and I'll be going there for a reason and that is to be Miss Universe Great Britain it it kind of now makes sense because you messaged me the other day you had seen one of my stories and you said you're going to make me cry and I was like I don't often get messages like that but I think in that story the one you were referring to I basically laid out the fact that in order to do your best at pageants you do need to work on yourself like if you if you're not happy like it's exactly what you said it's like if you're not happy deeply happy not this front that we all put on the facade but if you're not deeply not just happy but fulfilled because there's a big difference in my book happy can be a day-to-day thing but fulfillment is a much more long-term stable thing and if you're not fulfilled you don't know who you are what you stand for all those cracks show up in the worst way when you're on that pageant stage under that pressure you just fall apart because you don't as you said you don't know why you're there so now that that makes a lot of sense, and it certainly sounds like you've had a long Sorry journey. Sorry to shake you with with that text message. <laughs> I tend to react quite quick to people's stories, and then I was like, "Oh, Adrian doesn't really know me yet." So the fact that he said he, he just received a message from someone he's about to interview that she's crying right at this moment might be slightly distressing. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not, it's not like that. I. I appreciate any messages like that. I've worked in the coaching and self-development field for a long time. So I know that crying, whether it's happy or sad tears, it, it's it's almost always a good thing because it's leading to something else. Like if something has resonated with you, if if I've done a random Instagram story, like who I am, I've done this random story and someone over in Switzerland is tearing up because of what I've said, then I take that definitely as a compliment. It wasn't my intent to make anyone cry. How dare you make me cry first thing in the morning? (laughs) I didn't mean that. Just be great. You're lying in bed and you got your Instagram and you just start bawling. Are you you one of those, are you a crier? Because there are some people in the pageant industry that they just bawl at absolutely everything. Like, are you there? Are you? You like stone face, more like Andy Murray, I although don't he even has know anymore. Yeah. You know? I think I'm one of those that takes everything in and then bursts like tears. Like I was quite solid until high school. Like I was just I was always like, you know, why am I upset? Everybody at, there's so many people in this world who have it worse off than me. I don't deserve to be upset, which obviously causes a lot of problems with your self-esteem when you do yeah. not identify that you have a right to be upset about things that are relevant to your life. So that we'll, we'll address that at a later point, Adrian. <laughs> but I think it it does 
hit me at different times. I was messaging um, Danielle the other night and I just, I was like on the verge of tears, especially when my dress arrived. I was like, I can't believe this has happened. Like, how did we make this happen? Like, I'm so grateful for you investing in your time and me. Like, I can't believe you believe I can do this. And I just got so overwhelmed with all the support. And like, you don't need to be like number one on someone's fan favorites to, you know, be <laughs> grateful that, someone else thinks you're doing a good job like because you don't hear that enough and I've, t I've started to tell friends and in self-esteem queens group as well I was like screenshot any positive comments that you get and put them in a folder this is your little happiness folder because whenever you feel down you can go back to that folder and realize that people love you for who you are not what you've achieved it's how you've made them feel when you've listened to them when you were a shoulder to cry on you're not alone so i i get hit by emotion at the most random times to answer your question very succinctly <laughs> i I mean, I'm going to bring up self-esteem queens here just on the screen so people can have a look. So it's on Instagram. I'll just bring it yes. up here so people can go. Oop, just give me a sec. It's flashing a little bit. Because um, talk, talking about self-esteem, it, it sounds like what you needed to do after 2019 was really do a lot of inner work. Uh, here it is. So self-esteem queens are on Instagram at self-esteem queens. Whilst I'm here, it would be rude not to give you a follow, right? So we'll do that. Oh, you, thanks. <laughs> uh, such a charmer. But is, what what was the impetus behind starting self-esteem queens? And I know you've been doing it for a while. So one of the one of my pet peeves in pageantry is that people start things only for the pageant, and then once a pageant is over, if they don't win, for example, they just literally stop. I think a lot of what you were just saying about your internal journey was building your own self-esteem, your own belief in yourself. And you mentioned sort of, you know, clipping out nice comments about yourself. What I found is that if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't love yourself and think of yourself as worthy or as enough, no amount of comments, unfortunately, is going to change it around because you look at them through the lens of, oh, this person is just being nice. This person is just saying yeah. the right thing or this person wants something. So you need to do oh, that internal yeah. work before you can actually look at comments like that and take them in, you know, actually mm -hmm. be able to take compliments in. This is a huge issue where very often um, I know one of my friends, she said every time she's given a compliment, and I've seen this with her, the first thing she does is deflect comment and then give, and give a comment a back compliment. to the <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I said, it's like someone's giving you a gift and you've literally thrown it back in their face. That, that's what it yeah. seems to me to be like. But in terms of self-esteem mm -hmm. queens, what made you start doing it? And obviously what has made you continue to do it? Because you're still doing it to this day. Yeah, absolutely. So I started, I think, it, so it's coming into its fourth year now. And I just knew that there was elements of myself I wasn't happy with. And it was, of course, down to having low self-esteem in certain areas. And when I came first runner-up for Miss Universe Great Britain, I was like this lovable, excited, fresh out of uni graduate that was excited to explore the world. But mm. reality hit me quite hard <laughs> when I moved into the working world. It was no longer 
meeting up with friends, studying together, backing each other, supporting each other, having family about an hour away if you ever needed help. It was me in London on my own. Yeah. And then I was so used to, because my, on a, another note, my dad worked abroad for majority of my childhood. So every time right. we have a phone call, it's like, how did you do at school? How are you? Are you in the middle for the new dance show? Are you at the front for this? Are you? And, you know, he was just like asking for news and he knew I loved dancing. He knew I was like trying to be good at school. So it was just like reporting back and forth. So I felt that pressure to always be my best, to do my best. Otherwise, my family won't be proud of me or won't like me anymore. And like I had this fear. I was like, what if my dad doesn't come back from the Middle East if I'm, I'm not doing my best? I just had like the, the most warped impressions yeah. of yeah. what my family standards were. They just wanted me to be happy, but they were, you know, just asking me about my day. And I put that pressure back onto myself. So when yeah. I moved down to London after I graduated, I was like, I need to be amazing here. I need to make friends. I need to show that I'm having a good time. I need to hit all of my quotas at work. I need to make sure my manager is happy with every single aspect of my performance. Otherwise I failed. And so I went into that job with such pressure on myself that I was burnt out. I was exhausted. Mm. I had no, like, I didn't have any friends to turn to because I didn't know anyone in London, sadly, at that time. I was the first yeah. one to move down out of my friendship group. And so my friends would call me and text me, like, how are you? How's things going? But because I was determined to be the best and to do the best and be the best that I can so I could report it back, I stopped, stopped answering people's messages and I was in the office from like 7 a.m. And I wouldn't leave until every single task was done. And that was often 10, 10, 30 um, in the evening, even on the weekends. And so I this happened over wow. a six, seven month period to the point where I actually needed to seek help um, because my managers saw that I was like mentally drained as well as physically yeah. gaunt. And I was struggling to be in an environment where I was pushing myself so hard, but not having a supportive system around me. And so when I hit that rock bottom, I was ashamed, essentially. And I didn't want to talk to anybody until I, one of my managers at work said to me, you need to speak to somebody. Um, so then I, then I went to therapy and I right. took some medication and it wasn't a comfortable, <laughs> wasn't a comfortable experience. It was lonely. And so in that time, as I was starting to get better, I quit that job. I'm sure, I'm sure you're <laughs> relieved to know. Um, I got offered an incredible opportunity to move to Singapore for a new role. Mm -hmm. And I got so scared. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm moving to another country, even though I seem to I <laughs> I seem to be fearless with going. But also yeah. once I get there, having this moment like, oh, gosh, what have I done? <laughs> like, yeah. I yeah. don't know anyone here. And so I got to Singapore and I was like, I'm so scared that this is going to happen again. And now I'm really alone. 
because I am how many like eight nine hours away from friends and family and so I went to a few events and obviously had a couple of Proseccos <laughs> and put it out into the world I was like I really want to start a group where we meet on a monthly basis and just like share what's going on like I can't be the only person that feels alone sometimes <laughs> like I just want to no, make some friends Christina you're, you're special <laughs> but you're not that special you're not the only right? person in the world who feels alone yeah so I was like I can't be the only person that feels this way and I started planting the seed in some people's minds and it got some like really good um attention and it ended mm. the first session I was so nervous I had like set up this whatsapp group and I was texting everyone like hey <laughs> so we have our first session today um feel free to bring some drinks and some snacks I've got some snacks I prepared some snacks <laughs> there will be enough snacks for everybody <laughs> and so I was so relieved that people came along and there was 10 of us I was shocked because I did not have that much space in my living room <laughs> I was like where am I going to put you all I do not know and so it was such a beautiful session like I I just didn't know what was going to happen I was just like okay I googled some things on the internet how to lead a group <laughs> a group session enter and <laughs> they, they gave me some suggestions and I was like fantastic I'm ready to go I am prepared because it mainly says have lots of snacks and people will feel comfortable <laughs> and so everyone had about five minutes to share Prosecco what they felt Prosecco with that as well. and snacks exactly because yeah. everyone was nervous Everyone felt mm -hmm. quite nervous because it, it's so funny. Like nobody, until they're there, nobody wants to come because yeah. they're too nervous to share how they're feeling because they feel like they're alone, and they exactly. don't they don't know that actually someone in this world or even in that room has experienced a similar experience in a period of their life. It might not be right now. It might not be as bad as you're feeling in this moment mm. in time but there's elements that people can share to help lift you up and make you feel that you're being supported and that you're not alone and we are listening to you you're you you don't have to do this on your own so we took it was funny everyone was meant to have five minutes to share what's going on with their lives yeah. each person took about 35 40 minutes we were there for like over three hours <laughs> everyone mm -hmm. was exhausted <laughs> but it, it was sounds so it sounds like what you what you did and i i know that um I, i've been looking through your instagram and you did work on the concept or had a concept with safe space um and i think what you probably did just hearing about about it now is simply offer people um a safe space to to express how they're genuinely feeling which is intimidating for a lot of people yeah. because it's exactly what you said. It's like this, not even perfectionism, but the need to have everyone else believe that you're perfect because you've got this deep need to be liked. And so many people have that. And if you can just offer a space, particularly with women, because for women, it can be very scary to be vulnerable. So if you can just offer a safe space, free from judgment, the Prosecco helps. 
I was going to say when you said five minutes, I, my first impression was like, good luck with that. Because the first <laughs> yeah. time someone opens up about something like that, which I've never really felt comfortable expressing before, even to their friends and family, because they might love them, but they don't want the judgment or the perceived yeah. judgment. Yeah, I thought it was going to at least be 10, 20 minutes, 35, 40 minutes. You were, that would have been a lot of Prosecco and a lot of snacks. Um, yeah. What, what are some of like, what are some of the most touching stories or like memories with that sort of work that you've been doing behind the scenes? Have there been any moments that have just impacted you and you're going to remember them for the rest of your life? I think it's just, I think all of it has just, each session there are like sparkle moments and mm. there's just takeaways that you've just, yes, you've thought about in the past, but it's come to you in this moment because it is so relevant right now. And you're just like, wow, I, I can't believe that, that I've only really realized it right now. And I think a lot of the girls had those moments whilst we were having the sessions. But I think what's yeah. touched me so much is that people put their trust in me to share how they're feeling yeah. like they yeah. they crossed this invisible line that we think we have to cross to the other side instead of doing all this magical stuff it's literally just open opening your mind and being open to share with no judgment and the fact that people feel that they are safe with me is huge mm. because yeah Yes, it is a massive responsibility. I am not um, a therapist or a licensed coach or anything like that. I'm just somebody that genuinely wants to listen and wants to help if I can. And if I can't help, then I'm going to find somebody who can help. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. Um, and each person that has come to these sessions have has brought so much because they've not even shared, they've not only shared their experiences they've added to somebody else's by just giving advice on what book they should read or what community group they should try mm. out if they are if they're feeling like they don't know anybody in their new city or if they're wondering what's wrong with them because they can't seem to connect with a partner anywhere you know it's just like yeah. it's it's that feeling that you aren't alone and it's a safe space and you can come back anytime you can send me a message, no problem. <laughs> I will reply. It might not be fast, but you'll get a response. <laughs> it sounds like you've lived a lot of life in your 28 years. I often say life experience is not measured in simply how old you are, but the speed at which you live and specifically the number of sort of traumas, if that's all right, well, the number of obstacles that we've had to overcome. Like we don't just, you know, remember every moment of our lives, we remember the most challenging moments and the happiest moments. And it sounds like you've already been on one hell of a journey, Christina. Just have you ever sort of paused to reflect? And maybe this will hit you when you get to you get to Cardiff, you get to the stage and just have you thought about what it's going to be like to reflect on the journey that's had to take place for you to take your place on that stage again? I think I'm definitely going to need to do a lot more journal journaling before I get there. So it hits me before. <laughs> I'm not ready to be crying every single day, Adrian. So. <laughs> You're just gonna be there bawling from beginning to end. <laughs> oh, I'm so grateful to be here. Oh, you're 
you're going to scare all the other contestants, Christina. Be like, who's that crazy chick over there who's bawling her eyes out? They're like, wow, we followed you on Instagram, but I just didn't think you were a full-time psycho. We just thought you were a part-time psycho. Oh, dear me. Yeah, I think it's... I think we're all running at a million miles an hour to stop and realize what's going on. And you've made an ama- like an incredible point that I do need to sit down and just take a moment to breathe, mm. take it in. And it doesn't necessarily be in the room with all the other girls to be able to do that in, in private, to be able to yeah. reflect. And on the highs and the lows, um, I think it mm. was I was chatting with Charlie Kamal um, years ago, and I don't. She wasn't in such a great place, and I uh, again, I was one of those like, okay, how do I make people feel better? <laughs> how do I, how do people build confidence? So I was back at Google again, and I was like, oh, listing all your achievements. <laughs> Let's try that. And honestly, I've been working making endless. Um, worksheets <laughs> of just activities that people can do because they've helped me and I just mm. know again I'm not the only person <laughs> who have had these moments of self-doubt so if it's helped me hopefully somebody else can can be helped with it too yeah 100% um, and just because we've been on for an hour already I could chat to you oh, wow. for time um just no 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 i I love having the more in-depth chats just before we get towards a close um obviously there's a people's uh, vote um, people's choice for miss great britain at the moment so if you want to vote for christina and help her out um the link is in her bio uh, but it's missuniversegb.co.uk forward slash voting html what i can do is i can actually put that i think in the comments now uh, so I'll just that. put that there. And then if you scroll on down, what number are you, Christina? I'm number four. four. I know. Number I'm a catfish. <laughs> that is not me. <laughs> <laughs> number four. Damn, who's I don't know. that girl? <laughs> it's, I don't know in Filipino culture, but in Asian cultures, four is actually the unlucky number. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> Okay, four is a very good number. Um, I just saw that. It's like four. You don't want to be four. We want to be eight. Who's number eight? Emily. Okay, so we'll just swap you over. But um, aside from that, also, I need to ask you this, um, just to lighten the mood a little bit. Okay, so this is your intro video, I believe, from 2019. It sure is. Go through to <laughs> you know what I'm going to do to you, don't you? Yeah. Yes, this. Okay, so can you just um... wait? I'm like this. Okay, yeah. what's happening here? So I'm in my final year of uni studying pharmacology, and I am just praying to the heavens above that if I place my head on my notes, then my knowledge will travel via osmosis into my brain. (laughs) I was hoping I would absorb all the information a night before to my impending doom. As you can see, doom had already hit me. (laughs) But I guess it did work. I ended up with a 2-1, which wasn't too shabby at all. Um, But yeah. Just keeping it real, Adrian. Keeping it real. 
when you pray, do you always pray with this facial expression or yeah. is this just a special? <laughs> I mean, to each their own, right? Full respect, practice what you preach. But my jaw hurts looking at this, Christina. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it's great. <laughs> I was working with the... <laughs> with a video producer in um in Singapore I was like right guys we need to make an epic video and so I just sent him a bunch of photos and videos and then I was just like haha looked through my Facebook and found this and he and he was like oh my god that's hilarious we need to put that in and I just thought well you know what it is actually me in the photo so it is what it is <laughs> There's just a little bit of a difference between the People's Choice photo and this one. You know, it's, it's a slight difference. No, not a huge difference, but a slight difference. But I have to say, just from my point of view, I love that you were brave enough to put that in there because the one thing I need, I, the one thing I look for in a queen is that she's still able to laugh at herself. And I think it gets very, very dangerous when you take yourself too seriously. You can take what you're doing seriously, like trying to help other people or your job, but when you get to that point where you just take yourself seriously, you lose me. So um Oh, for sure. You wouldn't have liked me two years ago or three years ago. I everything was so serious. That was the time where I didn't play. Everything was very serious. And so Adrian, I've learned to live, laugh, and love again. <laughs> and she lived ever after yeah, i feel like we need to play some overly dramatic music now and fade to black the yeah, end or fade um, to the mountains and then i'm just rollicking into the mountains never to me. be seen it, again <laughs> it, it does you know they often say that you're born, born perfect and then we spend the rest of our lives trying to get back to that and it, it sounds like you were born you know I was going to say born young. Most of us are born young. <laughs> well done, Adrian. It's too early in the morning. But, you know, born carefree, born very happy, and then at some point you kind of lost your way a bit, and now it, like, feels like, I guess, in the last year or so, whatever it's been, almost feels like you've, you've come back full circle to, to who you really are. So I like that journey. It's a good story there. We can make a good, uh, a good TV show from it. I did try to find the TV show you were in. I couldn't find it anywhere. Well, my boyfriend will tell you. He, he loves pulling it up on screen just at parties. He's like, ha you'll never guess what. Christina was in a TV show. <laughs> and then starts putting it up. It was called The Story of Us. Um, and it was basically like EastEnders in the Philippines. And my acting was absolutely terrible. <laughs> like I'd never acted before in my life. <laughs> Ever. So I do not well, know. I didn't Oh, I, got I didn't get to see your part. I, I did see, I thought I was going to be able to see the whole thing and then I could only see the first two or three minutes. So there was this very intense, there was this young couple running through a forest. They fall over and it's all very dramatic. And she's like, go on without me. And he's like, I think the person's name was Tin. Like, Tin, no, I'm not going to go on without you. And then there's these police trying to chase and then a cut out and said, oh, we can only show you the first two minutes. I'm like, damn it. I wanted no! to see Christina's big entrance. Well, my big entrance to that show was I was a third, um, what was it, a third wheel to a love team. In the Philippines, they basically have a love team that they continually act together in big TV productions. 
Um, and some of them are dating in real life and some of them aren't. And so this couple very much were a real couple. <laughs> right. And so when I was introduced, I was like, oh, hi. I'm, I think my, I'm trying to remember what my character's name was. I can't remember. I'm trying to block it out. <laughs> because on my first day, I had to kiss the main character in front of his girlfriend. And then oh. I had to cry. I had to cry because I was rejected. And I was like, two of the most awkward things that can ever happen in your life. And you have to do it on screen in front of someone's partner. That is so awkward. I, I would cry too if I was being made to kiss someone's partner in front of them. Um, so, yeah, I, I, can, I can certainly feel you there. Now I really want to see it. Now that you've told me if how embarrassing it. it is. If I can find it, I'll send it to you for your private viewing. <laughs> for your eyes only. All right, just before we go to the final 10 questions, Christina, anyone you, give, oh, anyone you want to give thanks? Final 10 question, yes. Um, anyone you want to give shout out to or say thanks to? Ooh, wow. This might take 10 minutes and I've only got 9% battery left. Um, so I would love to thank once again Paula for welcoming, welcoming me back for a third time to Miss Universe Great Britain. I think she, the fact that she has allowed me to return and has been super supportive just means the world to me because how often do you have somebody that important <laughs> in the world of pageantry saying you are good enough to be here. So thank you to Paula for always believing me. I have to say also, Anna Birdsey wrote me, roping me back in <laughs> and saying, come on girl, get back on the saddle because she had the same journey and um, not the mm. same life journey, but in terms of pageant journey, she had a very yeah. similar experience. I've only really got to know Danielle this year, but she has been a lifesaver and she has transformed my image, not just on the outside, but my image of myself on the inside that I can be a goddess <laughs> by everyday standard. It doesn't have to just be on a stage. So thank you so much, Danielle. Grace has been incredible. Like she has worked me hard, made me extremely anxious and brought me back, <laughs> brought me back again. So, <laughs> she, like, she has been incredible. We've of course got our sponsors, FBI Dental as well as Dr. Vincent Wong. They like, the competition would not be possible without them. Also, my little sister is my personal sponsor. So it's Dela Cruz Lashes, um, kind of represent, like throwing it back to our Filipino family who are the Dela Cruz family in Pangasinan. So Jasmine actually is a living legend. If you if you almost like me a little bit, you'll absolutely love her. <laughs> she is just so much fun. And one day I'll try and get her into the pageant world, but today is not the day. Adrian, thank you for having me on the show without like really knowing me at all. I'm so grateful that you've taken, you know, minimum two hours to not only have this chat with me but to build out your banging marketing material and put everything together to make sure people are watching and extending it to your own community. Like, thank you so much. And all the people who have been supporting me throughout the years and the designers that have backed me, 
we've got Louis Panglinen, we've got Philip Tampas, we've got Cherry Verrick. Thank you so much for allowing me to represent you on the stage as well and helping me bring alive the Scottish Filipina queen on stage and all of the self-esteem queens that continually come back when I press at them saying, you need to come back because I know you've got something on your mind. <laughs> and I know you need to talk about it and you may not want to talk about it, but we're going to talk about it. So everyone that has supported me through every single pageant, every every step of the way, and of course my my friends and family who have always been there for me, even though sometimes I thought they weren't when I wasn't achieving, yeah. when they all always have. So there's probably we're, we're gonna, so many more people. Gonna, <laughs> we, don't want, we don't want you crying on the actual interview, Christina, so we can probably hold it there before you tear up we're going to play you off stage um how is your battery going you said it's on nine percent are you going to be we're able to on, make it we're on six percent i can grab the charger grab I, the I'll charger so the... we're just not anxious about it and <laughs> yeah, i'll entertain I'll... the audience whilst you're away would you like a little song at the same time <laughs> i'm uh, we're always up for singing on air I can't say it's, it's gone well in the past. We've tried singing happy birthday on air and all sorts of things. It's not gone well, but uh, I do like a good song and dance. What you want, baby, I got it. <laughs> I sometimes think that people and everyone in the Philippines sings. There's no one who doesn't sing. Oh, they're, they're just performers. They're just alive. They've got so much to say. Yeah. They are, they course, are born they performers. A, yeah. I mean, they, they do also have a background of suppression. So it is amazing that they have these incredible talents to be able to express themselves. Sorry to take that down a, da a darker route, but just to appreciate all aspects of the Filipina of and Filipino community. All right. We are charged. And my okay. ring light is brighter now. <laughs> We are charging and we're going to charge through these final 10. Now, it is not a speed round. If, however, you want to answer them as quickly as you can, then you're more than welcome to. Danielle has gone through these. Grace has gone through these. I've interviewed Grace in the past. Olivia has gone through these. So now this, I know you've achieved a lot, but this will be the, the highest achievement you ever have is going through these 10 questions. So Christina Chalk, are you ready? <laughs> Are you steady? <laughs> Sometimes. Really built, yes, we're ready to do this. this. On, I? Okay, yes. here we go. Question one. What is your favorite word? My favorite word today is incroyable, and it means incredible in French. In French. <laughs> oh, say incroyable. I, I incroyable. I, I, I still have your face on the YouTube video staring at me over there. I'm going to change it to something <laughs> It's they're still staring it's at It's not so intense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number two, what's your least favorite word? What is, that is a weird one. Least favorite word. Do I have to have one right now? No, you can no. make one up. No, no is my last least favorite word. Yes is one of the best words, but I already chose incroyable. So we have incroyable and no. 
Okay. Question three, in life, what gets you excited or what turns you on? What gets me excited is meeting new people and hearing what they're up to. I just love it. People have so many incredible, incroyable experiences that you just learn so much. Everyone has got something to offer in this world. And whether it resonates with you or not, it's still an incredible story. So meeting new people and hearing what's going on. So that was what turns you on. Question four, what turns you off? I really thought it was Birkenstocks and socks, but but, but my sister bought me a pair of Birkenstocks for my birthday and I never thought I'd be wearing Birkenstocks, but they are the most comfortable things in the world. And then since they're very comfy and it's very cold here, I started to wear socks. So it can't be that. I'm, I'm ashamed to say what turns me off. I think someone who's not willing to give you a chance, someone who's already prejudged somebody, um, whether it's from their education or their background, I think it's rude. (laughs) I agree with that. Question five, what sound or noise do you love? The sea. It's so calming. I love the sea. The sound of water flowing is it's just heaven. That's all I got and for what you. Sound, what sound or noise do you hate? Oh, it's that like when nails are against that plasticky material and it's like, you know, kind of like, a like it just gives me shivers. Almost like a, like an anorak or like a waterproof jacket and somebody scratches their nails against it and it has like a really kind of scratchy shivery sound <laughs> i don't know okay you know I've, that um, it's that sound that turns me off <laughs> I, I i've asked this question i've asked that question many many times and by far the most common response is nails down something whether it's a chalkboard whether it's plastic whether it's something else So if I'm ever in a pageant room and I need to get rid of all of you guys, I know what I'm going to do. Just drag my nails down all the material. And all of you will run out of the room bawling. Oh, that and loud chewing. It's those two noises, loud chewing and nails down things. If I do both of those, then I'm just going to be able to clear the entire room. Exactly. Exactly. It's what I do in my spare time, Christina. Uh, question seven. If you could have any one superpower, what would you pick and why? Ooh. I think the be- the ability to be anywhere like this. Because I feel we take so much time to travel And with my family always having been abroad, Mm. it is always a journey to get to each other. And yes, it's an amazing journey once we get there, but too much time apart can really affect people. And when, especially with the pandemic, and I know with Australia, it's been very difficult for families to reunite. I have a lot of friends Mm. in Singapore trying to go back to Australia and they either yeah. have to do insane quarantines or they have to stay in Australia or quit their jobs in Singapore and not go back. So 
mm-hmm. I think being able to transport yourself to where your loved ones are in the click of a finger in the most safe way possible. <laughs> Whether you've taken a COVID test or you've got a COVID passport, I think that would be a great, uh, a great yeah. superpower. <laughs> I think everyone in Australia would agree with you because for us to travel anywhere is at least 24 hours, if not worse, like 24 to 48 hours minimum door to door. So I could definitely get behind that one. Uh, Australia should be coming out of lockdown soon, hopefully by the end of this year. We'll have enough of the population double vaxxed and life can sort of go back somewhat to normal. Uh, Question eight, what job? or occupation other than your own, would you most like to attempt? That's a very good question. I would love to be like the next female Tony Robbins. (laughs) I would absolutely love that. The energy that you, you get and you give and being able to raise everybody up and empower them to move forward be free in who they are i would love that it'd be amazing it takes a lot to get there Mm. and no amount of googling will get you straight (laughs) onto the path (laughs) it'll get you started on a path but it won't get you to that level but i would you know i would love to be in the empowerment coaching space and elevating people's spirits is just huge have you ever been to one of his events? I haven't. So I almost had the opportunity. I had the opportunity to go in Singapore, but um, unfortunately, at that place in my career, I couldn't afford it. So yeah. when I was working in Singapore, I was working in sales and technology, but I was after after hours, I was also cleaning the toilets and cleaning the office. So I was just wow. like, okay, we <laughs> we gotta figure out priorities right in this moment um but i would love to go i think when you go and you're you fought for that place you will take so much more in and appreciate it so much more than if you just had the money and you could attend 100 percent. i ask because i've been to his events i've been to i think every single one of his events at least once and i've been to his his keys, his keystone one, the Unleash the Power within probably over 10 times. Um, and I'm wow. actually qualified as one of his coaches. So I trained. Um, oh, the my coach God. In so when you say that, it's like, amazing. oh, okay, that's, this is where we're going. So when I do all my pageant coaching, it's like Tony Robbins sessions, which is why I only need to do one session. And then, you know, I've told you what the problem is. Now we go and fix it. So it's good to know that I'm not the only one who knows who Tony Robbins is in the in the pageant space. But definitely Absolutely. worth it. Definitely, yeah. definitely worth it. Um, Just seeing question... somebody transform is... Yeah. So as you said, my vocabulary sometimes always slips. My vocabulary is quite bad because I'm I spend a lot of time trying to figure out what people are saying in French that I don't even know what they're saying in or trying to what well, I'm trying to say in English. I just forget <laughs> both languages. I can't even speak I can't really speak French. So when you said the word fulfilled, I was like, I need to remember that word because when I'm in the moment, I'm gonna forget it. 
there's um if you ever get a chance to go i would just say go it's definitely definitely worth it um and you know he hasn't been able to do any of his events through throughout lockdown obviously so i'm sure he'll be keen and eager to go as well question nine so that was what job would you like to attempt question nine is what job would you definitely not like to attempt Oh, good question. Thank you for that, Adrian. Uh, <laughs> a job that I wouldn't like to attempt. I think the most brutal jobs are labor roles. I am mm. working at my strength, but to be outdoors lifting heavy weights for extensive periods of time is something that I don't know if I could necessarily hack. So much respect to them. It takes a lot to get out in the outdoors for a full 12 hour shift it's physically and emotionally exhausting and kudos to them but i i don't think it's for me that's fair enough i did see a video of your mum boxing though so you know if you've taken, no. any, taken anything you've seen it all you've seen it all <laughs> i was doing some research research she was giving the pads a good work around and she looked like yeah pretty fierce so if you've got that blood in you then i'm sure you could do it if you wanted to certainly don't have to gotta put your mind to it (laughs) absolutely okay final question if heaven exists what would you like to hear god say when you arrive at the pearly gates i would love for him to say that well it's a little bit dark at the same time of course welcome but come right through all your friends and family are here with you too so that we can continue our journey together and happiness and appreciating each other and of course like you could go down like you've done enough it's your time Mm. to join us but I think it's never it's never the end is it and if it is the end you want everyone that you love to be there with you too maybe not physically because you hope that they're carrying on their actual life in on air but metaphorically speaking (laughs) well on that deep deep note uh christina that that's about it thank you so much for your time thank you so much for inviting me on here i'm so glad that we could get a time that almost worked for you <laughs> that did work for you even though you had to get up at 5 a.m like your commitment to the pageant world is just incredible and the fact that you've got your tony robbins workshop teachings everyone that you touch and you speak to just is left with light and happiness so thank you so much for you know giving me a wee bit of that today well it's been a pleasure um anytime and congratulations on making it through without crying i feel that that's been an achievement in itself (laughs) snaps for christina snaps for adrian (laughs) i will tell you when you go 
when you go to a Tony Robbins event, be prepared for a lot of tears, like tears of the best kind, because you will see people transform before your eyes that you just thought have no chance. So as much as I'm not a crier, I I feel like I get all my crying out at those events because you just watch people transform their lives. It's amazing. But um, look, Christina, best of luck for Miss Universe GB try not to be a bowling no. mess when you get there so you scare all the I'll people try. and get kicked out i cannot guarantee <laughs> <laughs> and um i'll keep you on the line as i said for just a second whilst i hang up with the audience but thanks to everyone for watching whether it's live or on the replay and we will speak to you again next time bye for now thanks for watching okay. pageant sorority access opens up on monday the first of november to get early access, head to thepageantsorority.com and enter your email address. Hope to see you there and see you next time.